right, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode three. I'm Daniel Steele. Along with me is Dylan Beckham and Steven Zare. Uh, so, DB, how did week three turn out with the uh, with the NFL? Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of shockers. Uh, old Dan Quinn pulled it off again with the upset down there in uh, Atlanta. Chicago came back. Um, I finished eight and eight this week. I know uh, went five hundred, little down from last week. I think that brings my overall record for the two weeks we've picked to 19 and 12. Um, it was a good week of football, though, especially the Sunday night and the Monday night game. Then you had that 3 o'clock game with Dallas and Seattle. But I thought it was a good week of football. Yeah, this is Steven here, and I ended up going 6-8. and eight. I left two games off the board that I didn't touch. But we lost the teaser, them dang Jets. How can you back the Jets? But Adam Gay said they were in hyperdrive. I had to. <laughs> But got the lock of the weekend with the Browns minus seven. So, at least uh, had that going for me. And also, uh, the parlay of the week hit this week. So, you had the, the Patriots minus one and a half. And they ended up winning by 16. So, there's an easy cover if you use the alternate. And then the Colts and Browns money line hit pretty safely. And I went 10 and five week three. Boys, I told you. Colts. Minus ten and a half. I said, "Give me, give me Colts by fourteen. What they end up finishing? Thirty-six to seven. So mm. finished strong by the Colts there. Uh, proud of how I performed in week three. Hopefully, uh, looking to continue the momentum going into week four. All right. I guess we can just start off with the uh, the week four spreads and picks. Uh, Daniel, if you want to take off of that. Yeah, so first game here, we got Thursday night football, Denver Broncos against the New York Jets. Broncos coming in at plus two on this point spread, plus 116 money line, Jets at minus 132. We got a barn burner here, folks. Yeah, I'm probably, uh, you know, Broncos, Driscoll's not playing tomorrow night, so uh, I couldn't even tell you who the quarterback is for the Broncos, considering their whole team's starting to become the practice squad, it seems like, with all the injuries they have. But the Jets are so god-awful, I'm still going with the Broncos plus two. Yeah, yeah I, for this game, I get a lot of insight from my brother Jackson. He's a diehard Broncos fan. Nah. Jack, he, I'm sorry to tell you, but he's been texting me every day, torn ACL here, torn ACL there. It, is, it never gets any better for him. And I know I just said a couple of minutes ago, how can you back the Jets? But – I mean, Sam Darnold is light years better than um, Rippon, this guy they're putting in there. So I think Sam Darnold can at least cover the two, get us a three-point win and get us a cash. So who did you say was their third string? Was it Brent, Brent Rippon or something like that? Yeah, Rippon. Mark Rippon's nephew. Oh. No. Well, my, my sources were wrong. I thought Peyton Manning was coming out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they need it. Uh, honestly – with this two-point spread, I'm still uh, I'm gonna go with the Broncos. Uh, I feel like I feel like even at the third string, the Jets just don't have it. Uh, you know, would love to see them win, but I think the Broncos are gonna take this one and look like they're gonna get their first win of the season this year. So next game we got the Seahawks versus the Dolphins. Seahawks coming in at a strong uh, minus six and a half on the point spread, minus two seventy-five money line. Dolphins at plus two thirty-five. What do we think about this one, boys? Uh, this is a. Uh, I feel like even you know the Seahawks as good as they've been playing. You know the the Dolphins still are not a bad team, I and mean, they had a pretty impressive performance last week in Jacksonville. 
Russell Wilson, he's 14 touchdowns already this year. He's him and Patrick Mahomes right there at the best quarterbacks in the league, right there with Rodgers. Um, but this is a game like I did last week with the Patriots, even though the Patriots didn't end up winning comfortably. I'm going to push the Seahawks down to minus three in this one and take take the Seahawks minus three because I just feel like this might be the week, like we saw with the, the Panthers last week. I thought, you know, that was kind of an upset going to Los Angeles with all the injuries they had. Um, I just feel like the Dolphins could keep this game semi-close and get that backdoor cover like they did with the Bills. So I'm going to take the Seahawks and do an alternate spread at minus three. Yeah, I think we can see a high-scoring game here as the over-and-under reflects at 53. That's, you know, one of your highest over-and-unders of the week. You can't trust the Seahawks' D. They've also got Russell Wilson on the other side of that ball. And six and – I'd be hesitant if it was seven, but six and a half, I got to roll with the Seahawks. I think they – Win by seven, cover by a half point. Yeah, I love the Seahawks here. Uh, Russell Wilson, just that go-to guy. Uh, really kind of trying to state a name for himself for that uh, MVP award. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of still upset about that, him not receiving any votes, but can't really blame it, especially the year Mahomes won it and the year Lamar won it. Uh, those were definitely the two dominant guys. But, yeah, I like Seahawks here, minus six and a half. Moving on over to the next game, we got Ravens versus the Washington football team. Ravens coming in at a strong minus 13 on the point spread, minus 770 on the money line. Man, I bet you can make some money off that one. And uh, Washington football team at plus 600 money line. So I'm going to roll. Uh, me and Steven had a, a good conversation, I think maybe yesterday or a day or two ago, um, talking about how Ron Rivera, when it comes to late games, he's not worried about making any coverage he's not calling timeouts or anything they just they just play football they don't care about it really um so i can i can see the ravens covering this 13 you know i'm, I'm taking the ravens minus 13 I, I think it's comfortable um haskins he's still just he's not very good i mean they, they put up a good fight first half against cleveland but still I'm, I'm taking the ravens minus 13 yeah i think this is a great spot to back the ravens you know db was talking about Riverboat Ron ain't worried about covering these numbers, obviously, but he's not even trying. Last week, they had a chance for a backdoor cover for anybody backing them. Down 14, three minutes left, and he, he's just taking the timeouts home with him. Just no interest in even trying to get it back to a one-score game, so you can't put your money on him doing that. And then Ravens just got their butts kicked by the Chiefs. I mean, I, I just think they're going to come out with a full head of steam and cover this number easily also a good teaser candidate here bring him down to about seven also you gotta look out uh, we know washington has good d-line but chase young's been dealing with some injuries so he, I'm, I'm sure he's still a question for sunday and with lamar the way he can run uh could be a problem for washington oh yeah i like the ravens here at minus 13 uh lamar coming off probably one of his worst games of his career against the chiefs he's gonna be coming out with a fire uh yeah i just really like the chiefs at minus 13 here i think they definitely cover that uh, next game here, we got the L.A. Chargers versus the Buccaneers, the uh, Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Chargers coming in at plus seven on the point spread, uh, plus 270 money line. Tampa Bay coming in at a strong minus 315 on the money line. What do we think about that one? Give me the Bucks minus seven. I think uh, it's another pretty comfortable one. Bucks seem to have found their stride right now after that first week. Um, playing a lot more solid. Brady's playing uh, within himself. You know, he's he's got Godwin back now and – backfield's got Jones and Fournette defense is loaded just discipline on defense is all it's going to take to solve their problems I mean they got the talent they've had some penalty issues but Chargers didn't look very good last week Herbert was shaking up a little bit so I'm taking the Bucks. 
Yeah, it was a big letdown with Herbert last week. You know, maybe it was one of those situations two weeks ago where he didn't have to sleep on it at all. He just got thrown right into the game and just didn't know any better but to play good. So, with the Bucks being minus seven, I, I think I have to go with them. They're starting to play some good football now. Yeah, I like the Bucks here a lot too. At the minus seven line, uh, you know, uh, Rob Gronkowski kind of had a little bounce back game there. It seemed like I think he ended up with around 50 yards receiving. So maybe uh, we kind of see a little bit, a little more targets go to him in that game. But yeah, I definitely like Tom and the uh, Buccaneers here at minus seven. So next game here, we got the Browns versus the Cowboys. Browns coming in at plus four and a half on the point spread, uh, plus 190 money line. Cowboys at minus 225. What do we like on that one? I'm going to get, get the Cowboys here, minus four and a half. Uh, after my first week debacle with them and the, and the Rams, I, I tend not to bet on the Cowboys, but they played a lot better last week. Defense struggled a little bit, but um, we got Alden Smith back now. Alden Smith had a heck of a game against the Seahawks, had three sacks, and just that one game he leads the, leads the NFL in sacks now, which is kind of surprising. But like I said, the, the Cowboys played a lot better last week. Dak threw for 472. Granted, the Seahawks defense was a little down. They didn't have Jamal Adams, but um, – I can't see the Browns going in there and taking the win or maybe even covering. I see about a seven-point win here. Well, DB, I'm on the other side of here. I'm going with the Brownies. You know, Miles Garrett's playing really good, getting pressure on every quarterback he sees. I mean, is it time to say that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the best backfield in the NFL? I mean, they are. It's, I it's think no, it no question. Yeah, I mean, what a duo they've got. It's pretty unfair, to be honest. Steve, I'm rolling with you. I like the Browns plus four and a half. Next game, we got the Saints versus the Lions, a showdown. Saints coming in at minus four on the spread, uh, minus 200 money line. Lions at plus 175. What do we like on this one? Upset of the week here, Lions plus four. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, supposedly, my, uh, Michael Thomas is coming back. Um, potentially, he's doing some individual workouts this week in practice. But, you know, how, how good is he really going to come back off that ankle injury? Maybe he, they're bringing him back too soon because they're in some trouble now, um, being one and two. Um, lines, they showed it last week down in Arizona. Solid game. Matty Staff had a good game, and they're, they're getting healthy now. So, lines are a sleeper, I think, going to be every week. Sound the alarms, folks. Big dog on the loose here. This is a hold-your-nose special. <laughs> Give me the lines. You know, getting healthy, like well, like we said last week, Galladay in for a big game. What's he do? Gives you a big game. Jeff Okuda coming up with a pick in his first pro game. I mean, I'm I'm rolling with this Lions team. Saints aren't looking good. Give me them Lions. Yeah, give me the Lions. Uh, I'm going to take Matthew Stafford any day of the week over Drew Brees. I think he's just a way better quarterback in my opinion. Uh, we'll see if he can lead this Lions team to victory. I think he – he overcomes this Saints defense and just maybe maybe even destroys them, in my opinion. Uh, next game here, we got the Colts versus the Bears. Colts coming in at minus two and a half on the point spread, minus 130 money line. Bears at plus 115. Give me big stick foals, baby. I'm, he, he came in last week in Atlanta. Granted, Atlanta's defense isn't very good, but it seemed to rejuvenate that, uh, that offense a little bit. Allen Robinson's back in the mix now. Um, with Trubisky, you know he's not he's not going to take big chances. Uh, Foles it Foles doesn't care, doesn't care to throw it downfield. You know he's he's not a great quarterback. He's a mediocre quarterback. But it seemed that offense just really had more momentum last week with Foles in the game. And you know they're still I mean they are three and zero. But I'm rolling with I'm rolling with the Bears. Yeah, I'm 
Yeah, this game being a two and a half, it's it's really hard for me to go with the Bears. I want them at the three, but they pretty much have to win outright because we know the NFL, the three and the seven. So I got to go with the Colts laying the two and a half. I'm, these teams are pretty even, but give me the Colts at the two and a half number. Great pick there, Steve. Great pick. Of course I'm going Colts minus two and a half. Can't go against these guys. Phillip Rivers, he's got Mo Alley Cox now. He's going to turn him into Antonio Gates apparently. So we'll see if that works out. Next game, we got Arizona Cardinals versus Carolina Panthers. Uh, Cardinals at minus three and a half on the point spread, minus 180 money line. Panthers coming in at plus 155. What do you all uh, I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. Uh, I know the Panthers had a big ba- uh, bounce back game last week. The Cardinals took a hit with the with the Lions. Kyler Murray had three picks. I just don't I don't think that's going to happen this week. He's going to bounce back. Hopkins had another big game. I think he's going to have another one against the Panthers. So I'll roll with the Cardinals minus three and a half, even though that number at three it's three and a half, you know. But the three, you know, three gets you a win here. So, but I think they win by probably seven or ten here. I'm gonna go with another stinky dog here. How how about the Panthers plus three and a half? You know, they had a great game last week, and I mean, I was scared last week with no McCaffrey, but Davis stepped in and filled the role very good. I think he had like. 25 fantasy points as I was tuned into that because I picked him up. So that worked out good. But um, give me the Panthers. I'm going to roll with the Cardinals here. I really like Kyler Murray. Uh, I think he'll uh, pick apart this Panthers defense as well. And I think he'll just kind of run all over him and do what he does best. So I'm going to go Cardinals minus three and a half here. Next game we got Jaguars versus Bengals. Jaguars coming in at plus three on the point spread, plus 138 money line. Bengals at minus 157. What do we like on this Give one? Give me the Bengals minus three. Uh, they got me the cover last week, even though they, they tied in Philly, which was a joke that it happened. Uh, once again, the old line just got decimated in the second half. Played a little bit better. Um, had a lot of rookies step up, step up in that game, though. Uh, Logan Wilson with the pick. T. Higgins caught two touchdowns. So it's very promising. You know, like I said before, the roster is there. It's just all about if the defense can play better, which they did. The O-line needs to play better, which they didn't. So, and you know, the Jaguars took another hit last week. They didn't look as good. Um, I think Cincinnati's offense has a good day and takes this win. Could this be Joey B's first NFL win? I, I, I think this is going to be it. You know, after watching the Jags last week, this could be the Jaguars we were all expecting before the season even started. Looked awful against Miami. I'm going to roll with the Bengals, minus three. Give me Joey B and the Bengals, minus three as well. I'll roll with I'll roll with. Booyah. Uh, Giants, Rams. Giants coming in at plus 13 dogs, plus 475 on the money line. Rams coming in at minus 590. What do we like on that just, one? Just give me the Rams. I don't even want to speak on this too much. Giants are awful. I mean – I mean, I can't wait for this Giants-Jets matchup whenever it comes. I mean, it's, it's going to be awful. I mean, I heard something. If you put both of these – I mean, Steve may have said it. If you put the Giants and Jets together, they're still probably the worst team in the league. And they're, they're the best player is going to be Braxton Berrios, which is the Jets wide receiver. So, I mean, the Rams – Rams got hosed last week, by the way. You know, I, I thought that was my upset pick, and they, they clawed back, and I, the pass interference was awful. I think they're going to be pissed off. They're playing in L.A. I think they just run all over the Giants. I really want to take the points here with the Giants. Plus 13. 
80 percent of the tickets on the rams creating what what i view as a good contrarian opportunity a lot of value on that giant side so i'm gonna roll with the giants yeah i like the giants here too i still uh i still have faith in daniel jones uh, a lot like you said steve a lot of points here too uh, minus 13 that's a lot to cover for this ram team rams team in my opinion so I'm going to go with the Giants plus 13. Has he been game. downgraded to uh, Daniel Jones now? No more Danny Dimes? I think he's been downgraded. Yeah, I could agree. He's been stinking yeah. it up. Danny Dumpster. Hey, but if he if he covers his spread, he can go back. I like it. We'll see on next week. All right. Next big game we got here, we got the Patriots versus Pat Mahomes and the super hot Chiefs. Patriots coming in at plus seven point spread. Plus two fifty on the money line. Chiefs at minus two ninety five. What do we like here, boys? Cam Newton, you like him? Oh no? man, I don't know. This is this is tough for me, honestly. Seven either way here. I mean, I, I I don't think the Patriots should be a touchdown underdog. I think it should be lower than that, honestly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the Patriots plus seven. That's what I'm going to do. I think I I trust in Cam Newton and I trust in Belichick. You know, you got two great coaches here, Andy Reid and Belichick. Chiefs did play good against Baltimore. But I'm gonna take the Patriots points here. Yeah, this line is way too high for me too. I'm I'm going with the Patriots. You know, we saw last week with Bill Belichick. Waller two weeks ago has the game of his life, 13 catches, and Belichick gets a hold of me. It's two catches last week. I think Bill will zone in on somebody and take them com- completely out of the game and give himself an advantage to try to hang within that seven number. I like it too. I like Pat's plus seven. I think Belichick's just a great coach. And like you said, with him shutting down Waller, he's going to focus and uh, try to hone in on a specific player, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and uh, he's probably going to have the worst game of his life. And uh, Pat's take this one, I think. I think you might, Pat's might end up walking yeah, away with might, the win like, here, boys. Like we said before, this might be the game where you want to throw some money on that plus 250 money line of the Patriots, too. Like I said, you'll cover your money somewhere else in oh, some yeah. of these other games, but. This is, I think this is a good upset pick here, especially that money line being at 250. Yeah, for sure. Next game we got uh, the Buffalo Bills. Circle yeah. the wagon versus Raiders. The Bills at minus three, coming in at minus 150 money line. Raiders at plus 130. Give me the Bills. I think McDermott's going to be pissed off at his defense after what they did last week. Almost pulled a Falcons last week with the Rams. Um, Raiders, I think, kind of shown the, or showed their true colors last week against the the Patriots, allowing 36 and not being able to really get anything going in the second half. Um, Bills minus three, I'll take them plus, or minus seven. I'm on the opposite side here. Give me the Raiders plus the points. Uh, you know, maybe after last week they were riding a little too high. Open the stadium, Saints come in, they beat them. Just not even thinking about this past week, and they just go into New England and get dusted. I'm going to roll with the Raiders. Give me the Bills, minus three. Josh Allen, he's just, he's just throwing the ball all over the place, and I really like him here uh, against the Sleeper Raiders MVP? Team. I agree. I agree. I think Josh Allen could possibly be the biggest sleeper MVP of all time. And uh, next game here, we got the Eagles versus 49ers Sunday night game. Eagles coming in at plus seven on the point spread, plus 245 on the money line. 49ers at minus 286. Uh, boys here, we had a banged up 49ers team uh, that squeezed away a win, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, 
the Eagles and 49ers both super banged up. But, I mean, heck, Nate Mullins, surprisingly, he looked pretty good last week. I mean, granted, he was playing the Giants. But, I mean, Eagles offensive line also, man, they just got destroyed last week. And I think 49ers, even with the two injuries on their defensive line, still have a better defense than Cincinnati. And Wentz thrown them a couple interceptions last week, looked terrible. Wentz does not look good. He's already thrown six interceptions this year. Seven does seem kind of high to me, but I'm going to roll with the 49ers at home, minus seven. Yeah, big trend for me this week, going with a lot of dogs. It's just how it's lined up to be, so I'm going to go with the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully they're barking this weekend. But seven's a lot of points both with both injured teams. The Eagles have a lot of talent. It's just hopefully it'll finally show. I mean, it's taken them four weeks, and hopefully it comes out. But Give me the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to probably have to go with the 49ers here. Uh, I feel like they kind of proved themselves a little bit last week. Might get a few more of those players back this week against a not-so-good Eagles team. So, yeah, give me the 49ers here at minus seven. And we slide on over to the Monday night game. We got the Atlanta Falcons, Matty Ice, versus the uh, fire and hot Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Falcons coming in at plus seven and a half, so watch out for that half point there. Falcons also at plus 275 money line. Packers at minus 335. Uh, this game really depends on a lot if uh, Devontae Adams is going to play to me. Um, I like the Falcons plus seven and a half, to be honest. I mean, they I mean, they, they have the potential of being 3-0 and this year, but they're 0-3 because of all these blown leads. So, no, honestly, you know, if the Falcons get down 20 nothing, I'd feel more comfortable taking the Falcons. But, you know, I – I don't know this game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is good as he's playing, man. You know, it's it's hard to bet against him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the pack set minus seven and a half. Yeah, guys, I'm sitting here looking at my live odds page with all the um, Indiana books, and I see a six and a half, seven, and a seven and a half. So this game's gonna be a key get your right number game. If you like the pack, get them on that six and a half. If you like the Falcons, get them at the seven and a half. And I'm gonna roll with the Falcons. I, I mean. They've got to win one of these games, don't they, when they have this, these offensive performances. But the defense has been letting them down, and maybe they can step up a little more this week. I'm going to have to go with the Packers here, minus seven and a half. Like you said, Steve, it's all going to be about that point spread where it moves to come Sunday. Uh, but I do like the Packers at minus seven and a half. And this is also kind of a another game I'm looking at the uh, the total point spread as well. Right now it's at 56 and a half. I think both of these teams are really uh, – high-powering offensive teams that can put up a lot of points. So, uh, be kind of looking at that, checking that number out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was way over that 56-and-a-half number. So, next here we got uh, college football. Uh, SEC football is back, as we mentioned in Episode 2. The Kentucky Wildcats were a little disappointing in their loss to Auburn, but uh, DB, Steve, I'll let y'all talk uh, Yeah, before we get to uh, Kentucky, let's just touch on what me and Steve were talking about last week with those backdoor covers. Um, Vandy, Vandy, 30-point underdog, goes and loses by five. Had Gra- a chance to win at the end of the game. Had a chance to win outright at the end of the game. Granted, none of us expected it to be, you know, five points. When me and Steve expected more of a backdoor cover, like we said, but I mean, this this cover was there the whole game. Even I mean, Vandy Vandy played really well. I mean, I still think they're a pretty garbage team, but I mean, that's I mean, that's just that's just part of it. And Texas Tech, big underdog, takes Texas into overtime. Was up fourteen with three minutes left. I mean, 
mean, how do you lose that game? I don't know. And then, I mean, Ole Miss kept it close. They had they had a chance to backdoor cover at the end. You just couldn't put it in the end zone. Um, good, good, good showing by Lane Kiffin. But um, I think the story of the week should be Mike Leach. A lot of people said that he couldn't come to SEC and bring that air raid offense. Well, he goes to Baton Rouge first week against the defending national champions and has his Pac-12 transfer quarterback throw for an SEC record, FBS record, I yep, think. 630 yards. 630 yards. They had nine rushing yards against LSU and pretty comfortably beat them, I would say. Yeah, goes into Death Valley and just yeah. runs over them. And, I mean, th- I mean, Mississippi State, they're 10-1 to to win the SEC now. And, you know, I, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I think, I think Mississippi State – is going to make a lot of these teams, you know, I mean, when they play Kentucky, I mean, I'm scared to death that Mississippi State's going to go in there and throw for 450, 500 yards pretty easily. Yeah, before this game, I think Mississippi State was 100-1 to 1 to win the SEC, so that just shows you how much respect the bookmakers are giving. Wow. Yeah. They're not 10-1. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we can move on to Kentucky now. Uh, you know, Kentucky, you know, obviously the, the Chris Rodriguez non-touchdown call right before half, that really changes the whole complexion of the game. You know, instead of being down 8-7, to seven, you're up – 14 to 8 mm-hmm. at half. Getting the ball back. Getting yeah. the ball back. So, I mean, that changes you. I mean, you can run the ball there, you know, just run it down a little bit. But, I mean, you're down now, so you're probably thinking more, all right, when you get down the field, pass, you know, pass more. And that's just – Terry Wilson's just not built to pass. He's just not. I mean, it, granted, he can make some throws. He was – I mean, he, 239 yards, he outperformed Bo Nix in that category. But, as you saw throughout that second half, the more Terry Wilson threw, the worse it got for Kentucky. And then they got to, you know – 14-point deficit or whatever, and then they had to keep throwing. But what changed the game, in my opinion, was the Terry Wilson third-down fumble when we were only down by two. After that, Auburn just seemed to take off. Yeah, as crazy as this may sound, a a comparison to an NFL team for these Kentucky Wildcats, maybe the Baltimore Ravens. Can they win from behind? Ravens, great front runners. I heard a stat, I think it was in their last – Last five games when the Ravens were down 10 points or more, they're 0-5 to come back. You know, that seems like a trend with Kentucky. They, When they get behind, can they come back and win? But they definitely play their best football when they're out in front. Exactly. And I, I talked to a couple of buddies over the weekend when Kentucky was down. I was like, Kentucky's just not a team that's built to come from behind from, you know, a touchdown, even 10, 14-point game. You know, if they, if they have that, you know, field goal range cushion or – uh, even have a lead, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good at handling, you know, because, I mean, the Russian is just, the Russian attack they have is just unbelievable, which I think that's where they messed up. Second half was going away from that rush. Um, but, uh, Daniel, what's your, what's your take on it? Yeah, I was, I was pretty disappointed in the Cats this weekend, but uh, I agree 100%, man. That, that missed touchdown call, I think, literally changed the entire momentum of the game. Like you said, you know, you're up. You'd be up 14-8 to eight going into halftime, getting the ball back. I think with that momentum, Kentucky builds off of that. They score again, first drive of the third quarter, get a nice comfortable lead, and then just do that normal, this Eddie Green ground and pound on the run game, run the clock out, and we end up winning that game. So just that missed touchdown call, I know it's it's saying a lot for to be like, well, that's the reason we lost. But it's just – it's such a big momentum shift. And it would have been even worse. I think we would have maybe even gotten blown out if they didn't call that targeting call on the mm-hmm. uh, on the pick six. But of course, I think at that point, you know, me and Steve talked about it. That was just kind of a makeup call for the missed touchdown call. It was. But, uh, it was. I mean, going into this whole missed game, you know, right now it looks like they're at minus six and a half. 
uh, you know, I want to say, yeah, like let's let's roll with the cats. Uh, I just feel like I feel like their their run game's strong. Terry Wilson, I know he's not made to pass, but you know, you got to think being off the in pretty much the entire year last year, he's going to be kind of rusty. And to ask this team to go into at Auburn first game of the year and come out with a win would have been a lot, but it would have just been a nice, a nice little gift. Yeah. And the thing about that Auburn game, you know, people that didn't watch the game look, oh, 29-13, you know, Auburn dominated this game, but UK led in every statistical category except for one, which was turnovers. Auburn didn't have any turnovers. We had three. And, you know, the thing about that game, I mean, Kentucky's defense played good. The 29 points they gave up is not reflective of how good the defense played. Defensive line played really well. It's just the defense was on the field so much that second half, you know, you had to think they, they got tired out in that game. So you look at last week and then you come into this week with Ole Miss. Ole Miss hung 35 on Florida. Granted, Florida has a talented defense, but I think overall Kentucky, as far as being fundamental and disciplined, we have a better defense than Florida. Florida is known for non-disciplined or undisciplined uh, defensive teams. But, you know, going into the into the game, six-and-a-half favorites – Ole Miss is going to put up points. You know, everybody just has to accept that Ole Miss is going to put up points. That's what Lane Kiffin does. You know, he obviously every coach wants to worry about defense a little bit, but Lane is all about offense. You know, let's throw, let's throw, let's throw, let's throw, let's run it up. So, you know, I feel comfortable with UK six and a half if we can get that run game started early and keep the defense off the field, you know, keep Ole Miss's offense off. But big news, you know, I, I feel like, after last week, and you know, I'm just not – I'm a U.K. fan, but I'm just not a fan of Terry Wilson. I just haven't been. You know, the guys, you know, U.K. fan base that was saying he should be a top five SEC quarterback, I mean, that's – to me, that's kind of a joke. He's just, he's just not. And I think after last week, I mean, he's definitely bottom three to me. I just – he's got to be – and the SEC, you've got to be able to pass the ball. And, you know, big news coming in today, obviously, Joey Gatewood's available this weekend. So, if I'm Stoops and Eddie Grant, I keep Terry Wilson on a short leash. You know, if we have two possessions where we – can't get anything moving, and Ole Miss, you know, puts up a couple points, you know, 7, 10, 14 points, whatever. I say throw Joey in, see what he's got. You know, everybody's strong or heavy on his arm ability. You know, he can still run. So, I say you throw him in, why not? Throw him in there for a couple positions, see what he's got. Yeah, this game might also be a good live line candidate. You know, if if UK comes out and that offense is clicking, grinding away, take him. The, the number might be inflated, but, I mean, it's hard to tell with this team pre-flop if everything's going to be clicking. So just watch in game and see how, how they're doing. Yeah. Love the Joey Gatewood news. Uh, what is they said into the room? Uh, said when he walked in the room, he just saw Cam Newton and big Cam Newton guy. Uh, if Joey Gatewood can play like Cam Newton, like he did in Auburn, uh, I think he can be a star on this Kentucky football team. So we'll see how that turns out. All right. So um, we've, we've covered Kentucky football quite a bit here, but I mean, I, I just think, you know, after last week, that would have been your go-to game. I mean, even though you had K-State pull off an upset against Oklahoma, but moving on to some other matchups this week, we have um, mostly SEC. We're going to talk about here on South Carolina at Florida plus 18. I think Florida covers this pretty easy. Kyle Trask just dominated last week and Kyle Pitts too. Um, I, Florida's going to cover this, I'm pretty sure. South Carolina's just not not a very good team. You know, first week against Tennessee last week, they you know, like only lost by four, but first week again, we always talk about that first week, especially during this COVID season. Both teams look a little rusty, but Florida didn't. Florida's defense looked a little rusty, but the offense was fine. I think they go and hang 
40, 45 points on this. I think Steve's good on this one. I mean, like I said, I mean, I think Florida coverage, I wouldn't put money on it. But uh, Missouri, Tennessee, Missouri's plus 11.5 at Tennessee. This is another one, you know, obviously Missouri didn't look good because, I mean, they played Alabama last week. Tennessee looks shaky at, at times. Um, another game, you know, just might be worth watching, but I, I'm not going to put any money on that. Um, D, you got any, any uh, statements yeah, to add on those so games? Kind of going back to the the South Carolina game, I do – I I like – I want to say I like that spread, but it's just like SEC football, if you get anything above 14-point spread, I just don't see the other team covering. I don't know why, but I guess it's just kind of like – the like ground and pound and team staying in it, you know, like you all mentioned with uh, Vanderbilt staying in the game all week last week until the, you know, the final minutes. But, um, you know, South Carolina kind of kept it close against Tennessee. Just kind of looking back at that game, they only lost by four. Um, looks like they put up most of their points in the second half of that game. I could almost see South Carolina uh, somehow covering that spread, maybe lose by like 17, something like that, uh, and somehow covering, but, yeah, I guess that's kind of just uh, – that would be my input mainly on that game. Going over to the Missouri-Tennessee game, like you said, uh, Tennessee at minus 11.5. I really kind of like them there, honestly. I think they have a lot of good offensive weapons and that they can uh, they can actually go ahead and cover that 11.5-point spread against mm-hmm. the Missouri Tigers. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree there. I mean, it's just – SEC football, you know, it's, it's a different breed compared to all these other – you know, conference, especially the Big 12, you know, if you're looking for over hits, go ahead and take yeah. on over to the Big 12. You're going to get overs all day over there. Uh-huh. Um, but I, the, the game of the week, you know, even though, you know, like we said, Vandy plus 30 last week against Texas A&M, and Texas A&M looked awful. But talent's still there. They're a plus 17-and-a-half dog at Alabama. And, you know, after looking at last week, you're going to say, give me Bama 17 and a half. But I think this could be a, a backdoor candidate for Texas A&M plus 17 and a half. You know, they still got a, a really good quarterback back there. And like I said, the talent's there. Jimbo's a good coach. Um, I think Alabama, you know, gets out to a hot start. But, I mean, I can see it slowing down a little bit and Texas A&M covering late second half. Yeah, I, yep. love, I love Alabama there, honestly. And minus, actually, you know what? I take that back. Minus 17 and a half is almost a little too much points, kind of like what I was going off of. Uh, Texas A&M kind of had a slow game, I guess, against Vandy. Uh, and I think they b- kind of bounced back against Bama this week and uh, possibly cover that. They might lose by two touchdowns, but I think they can actually cover that spread. So I take that back. Yeah, I'm on the dog here, Texas A&M. Is Kellen Mond maybe the best quarterback in the SEC? No. Is Kellen Mond been no. Who's better? Kyle Trask. Oh. Put up four sixteen and five or six touchdowns last week. Don't you didn't like Kyle Trask. I don't. I hate him. He played. He played Ole Miss last week. But I mean, it, 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 guy threw for six hundred twenty three yards against LSU. You mean tell me he ain't the best quarterback in the, in the SEC right now? Right here on Saturday, this will be Kellen Mond's coming out part. If you ain't heard of him, this is his week. Oh, Watch you should have heard of him. He's been at Texas A&M for about eight years. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I said. Uh, how long has he been at Texas A&M? It feels like forever. I think Andre Woodson was still quarterback at Kentucky when <laughs> Kellen Mond started there. See, I think you're right. I might have to fact check you on that one, but I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, it might be. I don't know. Um, he might have been there uh, as long as Perry Ellis at Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one right there. Another good game you might want to look at with a high over is Texas Tech, Kansas State. Might be a good game here. Kansas State looked hot last week, second half against Spencer, Spencer Rattled. 
last week. Uh, there goes his Heisman candidacy right there with three picks against K-State. Um, it's plus two and a half right now at Texas Tech. You know, I didn't I didn't really watch the Texas Tech-Texas game. I don't know too much about them. I just I watched Arkansas State beat Kansas State. Um, I know they got a quarterback at K-State. But the over 64 here. So, I mean, if that's a lot of points, don't you think, Steve? 64 for – I mean, but it's Big 12 football, you know, but. Yeah. It, I mean, you never know these Big 12 games. They can get in big-time shootouts and – they just keep going and over and under might as well be a hundred and something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking we'll too. But um, best game of the week, honestly, I believe is going to be this Memphis SMU game. SMU's coming in at a plus two and a half dog. A Steve Sleeper Heisman over here, Shane Bouchelle. Talk I, talk about a quarterback. If y'all want to tune in and see a great quarterback, tune in and watch SMU. Shane Bouchelle, two thirty. Over, over and under 74-and-a-half. You're really going to see some <laughs> offense here. It will be a great game to watch. Absolutely. Memphis just as high-powered as SMU. Um, but this is going to be my – I guess I'm going to take an upset pick of the week this week in college football and say SMU plus two-and-a-half. Uh, Daniel, you got anything on uh, old Shane Bouchelle? Not a thing. Not a thing, huh? You don't know about We've got you covered. He's good. He's a good quarterback. <laughs> you, guys, you guys can take over on that point because, honestly – if I said anything, I would be lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, rest of the college slate is just a bunch of kind of junk games. Uh, Florida State looks like they may get their first win this week against OVC, Jacksonville State. We'd hope so. We'd hope so, anyways. If not, then you might as well just book Florida State down into the down into the MAC conference. <laughs> yeah, put put them in the bad boy Gasparilla Bowl, <laughs> and that'll be a good season for them. However, though, at 6.30, this is a big game right here. This I'll take that back, honestly, about the SMU-Memphis game. Your game of the week is going to be Auburn at Georgia. And Auburn, 7.30 Eastern time. Do what now? I said 7.30 Eastern time. Oh, you can't for, forget the Eastern. For our listeners on Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, I forgot about you over there in, in Loserville. <laughs> uh, anyways, Auburn plus 6.5 at Georgia. Give me Auburn. Georgia looked god-awful last week until they brought in their third-string quarterback in the second half. Granted, they do get JT Daniels this week. Whether they start him or not, I don't know. I think Auburn. Uh, I think Auburn takes this one. Uh, Vandy plus twenty and a half this week down in. Uh, now they're at home in Nashville with no fans. Only only team with no fans here plus twenty and a half. But LSU is going to come in and wreck them this week. LSU's pissed off. Vandy probably is going to ride a high and just come in and think they can cover again because I'm sure that's all they're looking for is hey guys, let's cover the spread here. Yeah, I'm rolling with LSU in this game. <laughs> I would have hated. <laughs> Hated to have seen what Coach O did these guys in these practices after just getting their doors blown off with from old Mike Leachy in Mississippi State. LSU comes out with their hair on fire and wins by probably 40. Oh, boy. Yeah, Vanderbilt, uh, no fans in the stadium there. That's going to be kind of like a normal home game, honestly. Yep. <laughs> no, I mean, um, most of their home games are away games. I mean, the LSU-Vandy game, too, well, maybe last year. Last year, uh, LSU packed that stadium. LSU did, yeah. and Nashville. That's one of the things. I think that's why they did no fans because they knew that the other team's fans, more of them would show up than Vandy fans. I mean, they're they're seriously a laughing stock. I don't care what they did last week; they're awful. But um, if you want to watch into an offensive juggernaut, go ahead and tune in six thirty Arkansas at Mississippi State. See if Costello can go for six hundred again. He might against Arkansas. Yeah, the juggernaut Felipe Franks will be involved oh, in this game. No. <laughs> oh, the juggernaut. <laughs> Felipe Franks is awful, boys. I'm telling you, he is the worst quarterback in the SEC. 
he thought he found his home over at old Woo Pig Suey over in Arkansas, but uh, he's still a dumpster fire. Mississippi State by 18 with easy. You got anything else to say on old Mike Leach? Nope, nothing for me on that game. I think he made his statement last week. It, it could be a letdown spot, you know, coming off that big win, beating the national oh, champs. But, no. but if they had a more, you know, valiant, I guess you'd say, opponent than Arkansas, then maybe a good letdown candidate. But Arkansas is just awful. And I can tell you one thing. It don't matter how high Mississippi State gets up in this game, they're still going to throw that air raid out. They ain't going to run the ball. They don't care. They don't care. Well, Daniel, that's that sums it up. Your last game of the week is uh, Virginia Clemson. Uh, Clemson's back on the map this week, plus – 28 for Virginia at Clemson. Will Clemson cover this week, yes or no? Yes. Oh, okay. They will. They will definitely cover this They're game. covering this? They're covering plus 28. I bet you they win by 35. So, 35 nothing at the halftime. Trevor Lawrence comes out. They don't score the rest of the second half. Backdoor cover. Uh-oh. Backdoor cover. Virginia comes back. Cavaliers. Backdoor cover. Look out. Well, Daniel, I think it's time for me to put in my lock of the week parlay for NFL. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I know we kind of skipped over that, kind of quickly moved over it into college football. But, yeah, we got, we still have the three-team parlay lock. I don't know if Steve-O has a uh, three-team teaser for oh, this yeah, week. I've got to bounce back after that. Oh, showing last yeah. week. I ever doubt. Why did I ever doubt you? Well, you got to save the best for last. Well, here you go. Put all your assets on this one. Bengals minus three. Bills spread. And give me the Packers. All right. For my teaser of the week, six-point teaser, three teams. I'm going Browns plus ten and a half, Lions plus ten, and the Ravens minus seven. And the Lions are my lock of the week, individual game, plus four. Love that team. That would also be my uh, lock of the week. Or my make that my upset of the week, plus four. Upset and lock of the week. Might as well. Put them both in there. Well, folks, there you have it. You have your three-team parlay and your three-team teaser from uh, the professionals themselves. So uh, thanks for listening to the episode. Uh, We'll have it out here pretty shortly. Uh, Like I said, tune in every week. We try to get an episode out there every Wednesday. Uh, We are on Spotify. We're on the Anchor app. Uh, A lot of other streaming of – streaming of podcast apps as well i know we're going to try getting on apple music if we can so uh just keep listening sending any uh comments that you have about the podcast to either myself dylan or steven on twitter and uh have a great and rest don't of the week forget Good. this weekend the gates will open because joey gatewood the is back the sec so is about to be flooded nine and one give me the cats <laughs>